Hey, podcast community, it's Eric, and I've got something exciting for all you online entrepreneurs out there. If you're looking to take your e-commerce store to the next level, you need to check out Aurora Repricer. With Aura, you can effortlessly reprice your Amazon inventory automatically. Ready to elevate your Amazon business? Head over to foxcitiesmm.com slash Aura, that's A-U-R-A, to get started today. You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin. Hey everybody, welcome to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I'm Eric Walterkins. I'm Gavin Schmidt. Gavin, doesn't it feel like it's been forever since we recorded one of these? Yeah. <laughs> Probably because it has been, huh? I mean, I, I guess for people at home, it's been two weeks, weeks but but, but I, I'm pretty sure it's been over a month well, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. So hopefully we remember how to still do this podcast. Uh, oof. Sure. <laughs> I see the notes are sparse today, so. I have no notes. Oh, you have no notes? I have oh, no notes. Oh, that's, that's. Boom. That's a different podcast notes, I guess. Yeah. All right, so. All kick right. Kick her off. All right, is- so I'm going to remind you, people at home might remember, but. You might not remember because it's been so long. Um, I said the next one we do was going to be like a two-parter. Yes, I do. I actually do remember. Okay, those. and they're not really. You don't have to listen to them together or in any order. It doesn't really matter. Um, you'll see why it's a two-parter with the second one, but it's, they're not really related. And I'm going to actually tell the listeners a little story about this story. Which you might not remember. A story about this story? Yes. Oh. So the last time we recorded one of these, I was telling somebody the next day about this podcast. Okay. And they said, oh, have you ever heard of this murder? And I said, yeah, no. Yeah, yes. And then I sent Gavin a message and Gavin's like, oh yeah, that's the ones we're doing in the next episode. <laughs> yep. Okay. So you know what we're doing. Yep. I, I very vaguely remember. Your memory has come back. Yes. So. That is correct. So, um, well, we'll start. We'll start this out. So, just north of the city of Kakana, uh, somewhere between Kakana and Wrightstown, out of the middle of nowhere in the farm farm area, uh, the McCarty family settled in the 1800s. They came from Ireland, as the name McCarty might suggest. And there were two brothers, Dennis and Charles, and then they each had a whole bunch of kids and. It's lots and lots of kids and grandkids and great grandkids and so on. And a lot of them became very important people. There's doctors, there's lawyers. One of the great, great grandkids is Congressman Paul Ryan. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, who has nothing to do with this story, <laughs> but just throwing that out there that that's that this guy, this farmer who settled in Kakana, one of his great grandkids is Paul Ryan. Okay. So there's these two brothers, there's Dennis and Charles. We don't care about Dennis today. Charles has a son named Mike. Okay. Or Michael or Michael M, but we're going to call him Mike McCarty for this. And he's got his own farm. For whatever reason, never gets married. He's just got a sizable farm. I don't know if Things just didn't work out or what, but he's he's a middle-aged guy with his own farm. Okay. So it's him and this 14-year-old boy that helps him out on the farm. 
And the little kid's name is Julius. That's a sweet name for a kid. <laughs> One day, while he's working on the farm, he gets approached by a man named Wenzel Cabot. And Wenzel Cabot is, depending on who, who you talk to, is either from Manitowoc or uh, Reedsville or whatever, you know, that general area. So, somewhere around there, huh? Yeah. I think he's from Manitowoc originally, but then he kind of lived in Reedsville. So whatever. To the east of, east of the area. Well, he comes to town, and he wants to buy this farm. He says, I want to buy your farm. And Mike McCarty is like, you know, I don't really want to sell my farm, because this is like my farm. This is all I have. So all I have. So they, they have a discussion. We fast forward a few days, and people are wondering, hey, what happened to Mike McCarty? Has anybody seen Mike McCarty? He hasn't come to town lately. His dad's kind of curious. His dad's like, uh, that's my son. I mean, we talk to each other like every day. I haven't heard from him. What's going on? So they go to the farm and they see what's up and they can't find Mike, but they find Wenzel Cabot. <laughs> really? Yeah. So Wenzel's there working on the farm and he's like, oh yeah, Mike totally sold me this farm. And then he ran off with some chick and they moved to Green Bay. And the dad's like, that doesn't sound like something that would happen. I, I mean, <laughs> if it did happen, I would. I think he would have told me, but I don't think that happened. And he's like, oh yeah, he just got mixed up with some some girl in Green Bay, and they went on the train. And I haven't seen him in days now, but he sold me this farm, so it's my farm now. When did you say when this ha- was? I don't know if I did. Well, so when by the when this is happening now, it's 1905. Okay. So thank you for asking. Yeah. Uh, um, and the scene also the dad is suspicious and he goes to Julius, the 14 year old boy. And, and Julius is like, well, <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not sure what happened. I showed up one day and Wenzel is like, yeah, you work for me now. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he goes, but there's been some really strange things going on since he took over the farm. He's been spending a lot of late nights out burning things. Uh, and that's very weird to be burning things in the middle of the night, but he keeps doing it. Well, sooner or later, Charles, the father, is like, this isn't right. He he gets the police involved, and the police go and they talk to Wenzel, and Wenzel, you know, he's like, uh, yeah, I bought this farm. <laughs> and they're like... Where, where's your where's your deed? What's going on here? Um, that was what I was going to ask. So there is some sort of paperwork that you provide when you buy land at yeah. this point in time. Okay. Yeah, and the guys are like, yeah, you know, I, I got it. It's around. <laughs> <laughs> Just the answer the police were looking for, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere around here. Well, so it doesn't take them very long to figure out something isn't right. Nobody really seems to believe that he bought this farm. And if he did buy this farm, he did it in a very shady way. So they start poking around the property. And based on what the kids said, they start looking around the fire pit area. Um, What do you suppose they find around the fire pit area? Burnt up bones. That is exactly (laughs) what they find. Uh, They find some bones. Uh, it's kind of hard for them to be sure at first because they're they have got saw marks on them. They're all cut up, but they're like these kind of look like people bones. <laughs> so they send them over to the university, have you know the scientists or whatever look at them, 
And the scientists are like, yeah, these are people bones. (laughs) (laughs) They probably shouldn't be in a fire pit. And, you know, again, this is this is 1905. So they don't have blood tests. They don't have DNA. So they really have no no way of verifying whose bones these are. Right. I mean, they they go with it. They're pretty much like, well, who else's bones could these possibly be? (laughs) But... Um, today, if, if this had happened, I mean, that'd be the first thing, you know, the defense would say is be like, well, prove whose bones they are. Mm-hmm. But back in this time, you didn't have to do that because, you know, there's no way. So anyway, you know, so they arrest the guy and they're like, okay, we're going to trial. And he goes on trial and he really, he runs with this story. Like he, even, even in court, he still maintains like, I don't know anything about these bones in the fire pit. He got on a train, he went to Green Bay, and he gets some lady to actually come to court and testify and be like, oh yeah, I saw him in Green Bay. He was at the fair with some lady. (laughs) (laughs) So he really, he tries, but he ends up getting convicted. Nobody really believes him. He ends up getting convicted and he goes to Waupon uh, State Prison, like you do when you kill people. You'd think that's the end, but it's not the end. Okay. He's not in prison very long. When he makes a makeshift ladder, climbs up and jumps over the wall in Wapan and escapes. Wow. <laughs> and this doesn't happen much anymore, but it used to be actually not that rare for people to escape from Wapan prison. Like <laughs> the security was not great. So he escapes and they don't find him. For, for, no, no, no. Okay, no. okay, okay. Like, but for years, they're like, where did he go? <laughs> we don't know. So we'll just kind of, we'll, we'll go, we'll go ahead. I'll kind of explain what's going on now. What happens is he actually moves to Minnesota. Okay. And he takes on a new name and he's living there. He's kind of working as a machinist. He'd probably be all fine and good because at this point in time, there's, not that many ways you can track a guy down. If he changes his name and leaves the state, he could be home free. Because, I mean, again, keep in mind, people don't have driver's licenses. They don't have any of the kind of stuff you use to identify people today. Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of whoever you say you are. So this is this is working out well for him. But this guy, this guy is nuts. Okay. On top of the fact that he cuts up and burns people. Uh, when he was younger, he he tried to become a priest, and that didn't work out for him. No, I can't imagine why. Yeah, and now, now that he's like, okay, I'm in Minnesota, everything's going fine for me. I'm living, I'm living a great life. He decides to run for Congress. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> okay. So he runs for Congress. Um, doesn't win. Just to be clear, he does not win. But the problem with this is when you run for Congress. You're far more visible. If he's just some guy working in a machine shop, nobody knows who this guy is and nobody cares. But when he starts running for Congress, you actually have to show your face around people. Mm -hmm. He does this. And some kid is reading a true crime magazine. Like, I don't know what it's called, but like True Detective or something. You know, they used to have these, these magazines with like all these exciting cases. And by sheer coincidence... The case is in this magazine he's reading, and there's a picture of Wenzel in it. And he's like, this okay. looks like that guy. I'm running for Congress. Yeah. <laughs> so he alerts the authorities, and the authorities come out. They check it out, and they're like, yep, 
pretty sure that's the same guy. So they end up getting him uh, arrested and brought back to Wapan. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's one thing that you kill a guy, go to prison, and escape, but then he has to go and run for Congress on top of it. So, um, a very strange story. And I should I should note at this point, this story does actually appear in the Fox City's Murder and Mayhem book. So if my like five. 10 minute whatever this is version is not enough if you want to hear all the like the gruesome details hey check out the check book. out the book because <laughs> there's uh it's significantly longer it's probably like a 25 pages or something so okay so w- wenzel yeah uh obviously he sounds like he's a basket case um i mean yeah he's he's functioning i mean he's not did he's he? not that kind of nuts, but he's obviously there's something. Yeah, not okay, right. okay, yeah, but yeah, there's something off there. Was I mean? Do you know prior to him doing this? Does he have a history of doing weird things like this, or was he pretty much just a guy? And then suddenly he decided to hack somebody up so I'd, he could get his farm. I would have to consult the book. Uh, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> There, there were probably little things that I'm not remembering, but it was nothing like really obvious. No, nothing significant. It wasn't like he was no. going from town to town doing this or anything. No, was- no. Like he wasn't like in and out of jail all the time or anything. No. I don't know. It's a pretty straightforward story. I don't know how many questions I can come up yeah, with. Yeah, I don't know. That. I mean. I'm going to say that's, that's about I, it. The, the thing that blows my mind with this is, so he keeps saying he moved to Green Bay with a girl. He moved with Green and everybody seemed to think that was really suspicious. But it doesn't seem like at any point anybody went to, I mean, for those of you that don't know where we are, if you're just listening to this podcast, you're not familiar with the Fox Cities. Yeah, where he I, was living. I don't know why in, you would listen, but but if you're, yeah, yeah, if you are listening and don't live if here. If you're in the Fox Cities and you're, and somebody moves to Green Bay, that is not a great distance to go. No. I mean, it's it's enough, I guess, 1905, probably a little bit different than today, but still yeah. not a very... I mean, what, maybe 20 miles? Yes. Probably not even? Yeah, probably for where they were, because I believe this happened out in Wrightstown, right? Well, Actually, basically. Yeah. It's like Wrightstown, town of Kakana. It's, it's the middle it's of nowhere. So... Yeah. So, but it's probably literally halfway between the Fox Cities and Green Bay. Yeah. So... The the thought that nobody ever just went to Green Bay and's like, where is this guy? Let's find him. You know, it just seems well. Like, yeah, like, I mean, and his dad did. His dad did. Okay. His dad did. I mean, when when Wenzel said, yeah, he went to Green Bay, and and he's like, yeah, they went with some girl, and they've been going to the fair and this and that. His dad did get on the trolley and go to Green Bay and look for him. Uh, he didn't find him, and and that's kind of probably when he came back and said, okay, something ain't right. He yeah, got the cops involved. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I don't think he believed it in the first place, but... It's a very strange thing to just be like, oh, you won't tell me meet your farm? There's a hundred other farms around here that maybe I could go buy, but rather I'm just going to kill you and take your farm. Right. I don't and know I why seem... that one was special. Yeah. But uh, I actually, I can add it. I can add a little more, another little piece onto this. Okay. Okay. So where this farm was located, and the farm is still there today. It is still there today. It is still used as a farm today. Um, there's there's a crossroads, and the crossroads was called McCarty's Crossing, and it was just called that because that's where the McCarty's live. Mm-hmm. Um, but even today, some older people know if you say McCarty's Crossing, they know what it is. But 
it was it was notorious like even before this because it's where you would cross with you know your horse or later your car and the train would go by and the trolley would go by so it was like a deadly corner to begin with people were getting hit by trains and trolleys all the time so mccarty crossing was always in the newspaper as like the dead corner (laughs) because because if you're gonna get hit by a train that's where you're gonna get hit so then then on top of that so it was already like it was considered a cursed area before a guy got killed that you know murdered there yeah and somebody was willing to kill somebody for the farm that's in the cursed area yeah doesn't make very much sense but Mm mm-hmm Interesting. And today the Van Zeelands own it. So I hope they're doing okay. <laughs> so now, I, if I remember correctly, when we discussed this before, you talked that the, well, you said this is kind of a two-parter. So the next yes. step, do you want to give people a little insight into what the second part of it is about? Well, the second, the only connection with the second part is that it's another member of the McCarty family. Okay. But it has nothing to do with this case specifically. It's not connected in any way. It's not, not in any way, just that it's it's going to be another branch of the same family. Okay. So, But there's no connection between the two. So it's not like after Wenzel goes to jail, this other McCarty takes over the farm and then no. he gets killed. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, like I said, you can listen to them in any order or whatever. It doesn't make any difference. It's just that... These guys are like cousins with each other. So I'm I'm calling it two parts, even though it's not really. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I think that kind of wraps this one up. I'm well, actually it wasn't that short, so, so oh, okay. it was right about right on our time frame. So So thanks everybody for tuning in. Um Gavin, you want to throw out some contact info for them? Sure. You can find us at MilwaukeeMafia.com or email MilwaukeeMafia at gmail.com. Or go to facebook.com slash Milwaukee Mafia. You, you can find me just about anywhere. Um, and stay tuned to this podcast in the future, not just for this next part, but uh, I've got a whole bunch of things lined up. Eric went on vacation and I got busy. <laughs> and, uh, and he specifically requested a UFO story. So that'll be coming up soon, too. Yeah, that should be really cool. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. And as normal, if you love this podcast, which I hope you do if you're listening to it, because... Yeah. I mean, if you hated a podcast and you were listening to it. But anyways. Yeah, like Reply All. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bad joke. I'm sorry. (laughs) Leave us a podcast review, and we will be back in two weeks with another episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem.